Welcome back to the Dad in a Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, Chris, we are here again uh, for another show, another week, and uh, I think you're coming off a pretty busy weekend, aren't you? Oh, yeah, it was nonstop from Friday all the way through Sunday. Uh, my sister Courtney had a wedding, so it was rehearsal dinners, it was seeing family I haven't seen in years, and Zach and Skylar were all in the wedding as well. It was quite a bit. Well, Mazel Tov, congratulations to uh, your sister there. How did how'd everything uh, how'd everything go? Well, a lot of us didn't have a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of hope because it felt like it was kind of being this kind of hodgepodge together, and no one knew what the crap was going on. Yeah, and it was pretty. It was put together pretty quick, wasn't it? it yeah, it was about two months. And uh, being that you know, so many of us were in it, and I was actually giving her away. I had no clue what was going on until like five minutes before the wedding started, really. Oh, wow. Like, I knew what Skylar was doing. I knew what Zach was doing. But I'm just kind of standing in, you know, in the back on just kind of looking around like, what, what's <laughs> actually happening here? When when do I go? Uh, what's what's happening? So uh, all in all, they had a, a really good DJ that uh, kind of added structure to oh. the actual wedding itself without yeah, actually. Good. Yeah. So he, he kind of. I don't think he knew he was going to be doing that, but uh, he kind of <laughs> let it the way it needed to go. <laughs> oh, man. Tip that man. Yeah. So he was really good. And uh, and all in all, it was a really nice wedding. We stayed pretty late. I was down in Cincinnati, so I was about an hour away from where we were. Right. So it was a uh, very late night. It didn't even start till 630. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So we didn't even leave there until about 11 and get home about midnight. Kids were wiped out. So your kids had uh, roles in the ceremony? Oh, yep. Uh, Zach was a ring bearer, which I didn't see, but I heard he walked all the way down the aisle and then lift, looked at the pillow, looked it up at uh, like the minister and said, here, I'm done. <laughs> and went and sat down. <laughs> uh, Skylar and her uh, her cousin, uh, Jade, were actually flower girls. And instead of dropping any flowers, they held the flowers in one basket and held hands in the other and kind of skipped down the aisle. Oh, wow. That's funny. Now, now once again, I didn't see that either. I was confused in the, in the back. Right. So hopefully there's some more pictures and some some videos and things like that. This is all kind of hearsay on my part. Yeah, well, it was nice. I actually got to see my sister, uh, Jennifer. I haven't seen her in, well, almost eight years. So it was my wedding the last time I seen her. Now, this isn't the one that got married, right? You have multiple sisters. Yeah, no, yeah. I've got three sisters. Now, this is the oldest of my sisters. She's actually, I think, two years younger than I am. Yeah. Uh, I think. I don't know. It's, it's sad, but <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> You're, uh, yeah, for those that don't know, you were uh, one of many siblings. So that's what, that's three sisters and uh, two other brothers that you have. Two right? brothers, yes. I'm yeah. the oldest of six. So there's quite a few of us in this uh, this little <laughs> motley crew, I'll say. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry I missed out, actually, just with, with traveling and stuff. It's just uh, the timing of it. I uh, wasn't able to, to make it up there, but I uh, definitely wish them luck. And I'm glad to hear that it went down well. Yeah, it was nice. It was fun. Uh, eh, it was a wedding. I mean, what more can you really say about a wedding? <laughs> yeah. You remember, um, you know, as you're kind of going through your, your 20s, I remember it, it felt like at times where I was going or attending a wedding or being in a wedding, it seemed like once every few months, just like uh, whether it's a coworker or a friend or a family member, uh, some kind of um, contemporary that, uh, you know, you kind of run into on a day-to-day basis that know you well enough to invite you to their wedding. Uh, seemed like that was uh, happening quite often, but now our uh, your much younger sibling, your much younger sister, was getting married, and 
It just makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's done. Uh, Tracy's actually engaged. It was kind of weird actually walking Courtney down the aisle and actually giving her away. I was like, oh, it kind of felt a little surreal. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah, well, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, pretty fun. I don't have anything um, as far as what I did this weekend. I We packed up some stuff and put it in storage in preparation of uh, showing the house and putting it up for sale in May. Uh, so well, no, that's big by itself. I don't almost argue that's bigger than you know my weekend because <laughs> it really wasn't big. My weekend wasn't big for me and my sakes. So it was big for my sister. Yeah, true. And you guys, you know, putting your house up and selling your house is uh, that's that's big news for you. Yeah, it's a big deal. But uh, this particular weekend, it was just a lot of spring cleaning, um, which you know that doesn't make for a great story. But here we are. We're uh, through another weekend here, back at it uh, on the podcast. And um, I think from what you were telling me earlier, you, you had some news. So a few months back, you and I we attended uh, GalaxyCon here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it was a convention that I was hoping to attend on a yearly basis going forward. We had a lot of fun. You can see on our Facebook page. Um, pictures of us and your son in the DeLorean. Uh, we had a, a blast going down there. I hear you've heard some recent news about uh, GalaxyCon, though, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I follow them on Facebook, and their actual uh, the owner of the actual con or who puts it on, I went on there and put a pretty dis- disappointing news. Uh, they said that they have been pulled, so they so they basically they booked uh, three years in in advance of the exact same weekend. And I don't know if it was a requirement of the convention center that they were in, but they went and did so. And this year, they actually were pulled from that date uh, for a higher priority client. Now, they mm. didn't say what that client was or anything. Yeah. They just basically were saying they would not be back at that point. And if you continue reading, they went in and said the other dates that they went ahead and were going to go ahead and do, the, the convention center actually raised the number of hotel rooms and everything they had to sell out. For a requirement. Now, I said they're used to having a requirement, and they do everywhere they go, but they're attainable. Uh, they, they made it so such a high number that it wasn't even an attainable number. So uh, the convention center basically made it near impossible for them to return in, in 2020. So, yeah, they're not going to be back. And I was, I was really disappointed. I, we had a blast at this one. Yeah, that is really disappointing. It's, it's tough because, uh, you know, Louisville's a big town. But we're also surrounded by bigger towns. Um, you know, we're we're fairly we're kind of in the middle between Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Nashville, all of which are, are you know bigger cities population wise. Uh, so you know, we'll miss out on a lot of concerts, a lot of events that kind of travel across the country. Uh, we'll have to settle for you know the closest town, which would be you know in Indianapolis or Cincinnati. And Louisville gets looked over a lot. So I was, you know, I was grateful to have something like a a big, you know, Comic-Con type event, big convention where folks could uh, do their cosplay, um, you know, show off their, uh, have their booths that you could buy some uh, cool merchandise. Um, I was hoping to attend that uh, year in, year out going forward. So uh, for them to not be coming back because of uh, what sounds like, I mean, political reasons, uh, (laughs) sounds like the folks at the convention center, you know, had their own priorities. Uh, But who knows? I, I guess we don't know the full story, but it's certainly disappointing. Yeah, now they didn't rule about coming back maybe in uh, 2021 and maybe even coming back to a different location. Yeah. I mean, they may pull the plug on this location completely and go somewhere else uh, for the future, you know, events. Because I remember there's one thing they said at the end of uh, that last night we were there. They're like, yeah, we'll be back. Yeah. So they enjoyed, you know, the, the turnout I, apparently was good enough for them to say, you know, we, we want to come back for, you know, the area. It's just 
the center made it near near impossible, which, like I said, is very disappointing. But I guess life goes on. We'll find a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, considering how many people were walking the floor, how crowded it was at a few different points during that weekend that we were there, um, it seemed to be a pretty successful show. There are more venues here in town that they could book at, so hopefully it's something that does come back here. Um, and we'll just uh, kind of keep an ear out to see if we uh, hear any updates. But um, kind of speaking of uh, pop culture and stuff, as far as our, our main topic this week, uh, so you and I, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know that Chris and I are fans of the Star Wars franchise. Uh, you know that we're fans of the Bad Boys series of movies. And uh, you and I thought it might be a good idea to, to list off some of the other big movie franchises that uh, that we're fans of, that if they happen to be on TV, maybe we just can't turn away from. And uh, kind of list off some of our favorite uh, favorite franchises and, and favorite sequels within those series of movies. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of looking at it and kind of going through doing a little bit of research for the show. And the more I was going, the more I was like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. It's like, okay, I got to stop listing these because at some point it's going to get so long. We're not even going to be able to pay attention to what you know we, I put down here. But I mean, it goes from everything from like, you know, the lethal weapons. Oh, yeah. To, I mean, of course, you guys know we love the Star Wars movies. So, but uh, I had to put it on there. But like, say, for instance, a guilty pleasure one. Like everyone won't confess to liking like the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> like who who's gonna say okay yeah I went and spend like twenty bucks on a Fast and the Furious to go see it in the theater I don't think very many people will say that <laughs> I don't know maybe not many people of of our age I think they're they're huge when it comes to folks uh, um, some other folks our age and and younger they kind of grew up with the series I remember seeing the first one in theaters um, the, the, you know the first Fast and Furious and um, I don't know, it came out maybe 2000, 2002 era. Uh, but yeah, it didn't really drive me in particular to come back for the later installments. But I shoot, they've been making, their, what are they, on their ninth, tenth now? Yeah, on their ninth actual Fast and the Furious. But then they did the spinoff one of Hobbs and Shaw. So some people would say, you know, there's ten of them out there with the one that's just coming out. Uh, I enjoy them. I'm not spending big, I'm not spending like movie theater money to see them. Yeah. I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw but I will say I've seen the rest of them because it's one of those movies that you can just kind of put on and there's no thinking to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you just got to – it is what it is. You're usually a fan of that kind of movie. So why, why so what about The Fast and the Furious isn't quite uh, scratching that itch for you? Uh, it's changed a lot over time. It's gotten away from what it really was originally, you know, about the cars and, you know, uh, robbing like semis and things. And now yeah. it's jumping out of helicopters and tanks and – like, hold on, what, what's going on? I don't know. Maybe it's just me getting a little bit older, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it could be that, but... It sounds like it had the Die Hard problem, where it just became more and more unbelievable. I think Die Hard kind of suffered that same thing, where the first one was really grounded. I mean, groundbreaking as far as an action movie, John McClane, right? Just kind of an everyman New York cop happens to be caught up in this situation of terrorists um, in L.A. And by the time we get to the fourth movie, he's like launching cars into helicopters and just doing crazy stuff. Or Oh, that was awful like a garage parking deck, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they became increasingly just like unbelievable where he was no longer the, the everyman. He was definitely, you know, had like superhero vibes. Just wasn't the same kind of movie. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I say that about The Fast and the Furious, but I'm probably one of the few people that will admit to spending movie theater money and going and seeing the Transformer movies. Oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's the exact same thing. It's, it's big booms and popcorn and no thinking. But why? I, I don't, don't know why I enjoyed the 
the Transformer movies over, say, the Fast and the Furious. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a very decisive topic right there. That, that Transformer series, was it Michael Bay that directed them? Yeah, our guy, Michael Bay, who uh, did the first two Bad Boys films. And, and I actually, you know, to be honest, I really enjoyed the first uh, Transformers film. It had uh, it was actually produced by Steven Spielberg. It had a very Spielberg kind of feel to it with this um, this boy hiding his uh, big alien robots from his parents. Um, it was like classic Amblin. And the, the latest uh, installment of that franchise, the Bumblebee film, I actually liked uh, quite a lot. It kind of returned those to those roots uh, to where Now is a Girl actually set in the 1980s, the heyday of the, the actual Transformers franchise. And um, she's hiding Bumblebee in her garage, trying to hide it from their parents. I like that dynamic. I also liked uh, John Cena's role in that. Uh, to where he was just kind of this big, kind of stereotypical 1980s muscle-bound uh, military dude. It had a lot of stereotypes when it comes to that sort of thing, um, but it was still a lot of fun. It was directed well, it was acted well, and uh, and it was just uh, really good. I hope they actually make a sequel to the Bumblebee movie. That one, actually, I heard a lot of good things about it, but that one actually fell flat for me. Oh, yeah? I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but, I mean, there was so much... It was talked up so big, and everyone liked it so much. I, I don't know if I went into it with my expectations being too high. Could be. But uh, I even talked to somebody this past weekend at the wedding. Uh, we were kind of talking, you know, Dad in Iraq and all that, and they haven't listened to our show, so shame on them. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, about the Transformer movies and Bumblebee, and he said he just flat out didn't like the Bumblebee movie at all. So I didn't realize it was such, you know, either you liked it or you didn't like it type setup. Right. Um, I mean, that's clearly how it is with the Transformer movies, definitely after that first one. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I won't even go as far as things. I like the Transformer movies because I couldn't tell you the last time I rewatched one. Yeah. But I enjoy them in the theater, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way it goes with a lot of these franchises, honestly. I mean, I had a lot of them are near and dear to my heart because... I watched them kind of growing up, you know, from when you're uh, 10 years old and kind of watching a horror movie and, um, you know, getting scared and having those memories. Um, I was a, a latchkey kid, right? So I was home a lot. Uh, my mom would work in the evenings, not be home till maybe like 10 o'clock at night. So I'd uh, do homework and make my own dinner. And I would just like uh, have a movie marathon, dude. I would just sit down and I would watch the Terminator films, you know, the actual, the good Terminator films, one and two. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, they were questionable at best. Oh, you mean you didn't like Genesis? Oh, no. Genesis and uh, <laughs> all the other ones. No, Dark Fate, even Dark Fate, even the latest one. I had high hopes for that one with Linda Hamilton coming back. But, uh, oh, boy, just uh, not a great movie. Put them in a box, bury them in the ground for a time capsule. We'll forget them for now. Yeah, to me, there are only two Terminator movies, and uh, we'll just keep it at that. Uh, but yeah, like you mentioned earlier, the Lethal Weapon movies, there's something about those movies I just adore. I mean, like, you've got the the uh, soundtrack provided by Eric Clapton and Michael Kamen. Uh, there are times where I'll just throw that on where, that, um, where he's got that uh, bluesy guitar riff going. Uh, you've got Danny Glover and, and Mel Gibson. I mean, their chemistry throughout those movies, man, it was something else. And they tried to recreate it here recently over the last few years with the show on Fox, um, which only lasted about maybe three seasons. There's a lot of drama behind the scenes. The two main actors, Damon Wayans and uh, I forget the other guy who played Riggs, but they didn't quite have the same chemistry. So uh, that kind of fell flat uh, as far as an ongoing TV series. But uh, they're even talking about making a Lethal Weapon 5, if you can believe it. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point, they're they're both way too old for this crap <laughs> or, or are they in retirement <laughs> i mean yeah uh, Myrtle's been trying to retire since the first movie so i don't know what they could do for that 
when it comes to those movies, there's one scene that always sticks in my head when Murtaugh's stuck on the toilet with <laughs> yeah. the bomb. Yeah. For some reason, when I think of the lethal, th- lethal weapon movies, that's exactly what I think of, is I'm trying to get him off the crapper. <laughs> yeah, that's a great scene. That's uh, in Lethal Weapon 2. And um, which, honestly, if I'm going to be um, truthful about this kind of thing, I actually prefer, if I sit down and watch any Lethal Weapon movie, I tend to put on Lethal Weapon 2 over Lethal Weapon 1. Um, I just like that we kind of cut straight into it. You get immediately into their dynamic. Um, there's not this whole portion of the film where they're kind of feeling each other out as partners and, and friends. You just kind of get right into it and uh, into the relationship, into the humor, into the action. And I actually enjoy it quite a bit more. I think it's got even um, better lines of dialogue that are more memorable, like uh, diplomatic immunity and stuff like that. From Just a, like a scene-stealing bad guy, like bad foreigner bad guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as these franchises, are there any like sequels that you think maybe are even better than the original um, installment? Uh, I mean, it's hard telling, really, because I'm going through and I'm kind of looking at it here. And I mean, obviously, well, I won't say obviously, but I love the Hellboy series. Yeah. The Del, uh, Del Toro one's the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, me neither. I like Hellboy 2. And for the basically the same reason you're saying like Lethal Weapon is kind of two is more your favorite. Uh, it it doesn't take all the backstory. You're not getting to know this, you know, this character. Right. It goes right into it. Goes right into the ministry. Uh, you learn more about them, and they kind of dive into everything uh, from that point. So I was disappointed because it was always rumored that Guillermo was going to go ahead and make the third one. Yeah. And then when he backed out of the third one, I mean, it, I, I heard it was still good, but it was nowhere near what the first two were. Man, I got to agree with you. Those films are, I think they were something special. I mean, you had uh, Del Toro's imagination. You had incredible special effects. You had uh, Ron Perlman as Hellboy, and he did, like, a tremendous job. Um, And just, you know, that first movie, it had to do a lot of heavy lifting as far as introducing this world and these characters. So they had to spend a lot of time doing that. And uh, you're right, I think uh, the second one... Um, it benefits from all that for you kind of, you know, expecting that you already know all that stuff and it just dives right in. Yeah, between the Golden Army and, you know, the uh, I'm not sure if he was an, an elf or some type of creature underneath trying to get the crowns. It was uh, it was it was I'll stop on it at any point. I just have to be conscious of who's in the living room because sometimes, <laughs> you know, it may be a little too much for, you know, Skylar or Zach. Oh, sure. That's true about a lot of movies. Uh, I was watching. I was watching one recently. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but we're going and we're good. And all of a sudden, it gets a little rough. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got to change this here because, <laughs> you know, you guys aren't aren't going to be too good with this. Yeah, it's tough sometimes because you kind of forget some of the uh, scenes that uh, may be inappropriate for younger kids. And then you kind of don't realize you're watching that scene until the scene's already going. And you're like, oh, hold on. Uh let me try to remember how bad the scene was yeah. and try to make an executive decision right then and there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, see, I'm still struggling with the idea because I love the, um, the Lord of the Rings franchise. Yeah. And it's one of those, you're walking a thin line. Like, when do these orcs, when can a kid actually handle the orcs? Yeah. And every kid's different. I think Zach is, he's getting close to the point where we can handle it because we watched, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Curse of the Black Pearl, the first one. Right. And they're all, when you know, the moon's on them, they're all skeletons. Yeah. And he was able to handle that all right. right. So I think I'm getting close to the point. And that was kind of my feeling out point, too, uh, with that one there. Just because it is a Disney film. 
so it's only going to go so far. Exactly, yeah. The Lord of the Rings can get a little rough because, I mean, they're, they're really, you know, going at it. When we're talking about pirates here, you know, stabbing each other through skeletons, even his little imagination can only go so far. Yeah, I think uh, the Pirates films, there's a certain innocence, there's a certain just like swashbuckling adventure type feeling with those. While the Lord of the Rings, like the bad guys are just a little bit scarier. And like I'm I'm thinking of, uh, you know, how Gandalf uh, stands down the uh, the Balrog at the end of the Fellowship of the Ring there. You know, you shall not pass. I mean, that monster was huge and breathing fire and really, really scary, and uh, I could see how that's scaring a kid. I mean, it's kind of scary sitting in the theater where it's just, like, massive and on top of you on a, on a big screen with the sound going and everything. It's uh, it's uh, It could be pretty frightening. Well, it's not just that, though. I mean, as well, I mean, you get to like Gandalf. Yes. So now Gandalf, in all intents and purposes, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it tough, <laughs> uh, he, he kind of dies in that scene. He comes back. But now you're like, you're explaining to now a seven-year-old about why a character has just died that he loved. So you're, you're it's forcing conversations that you you wouldn't think that movies would force. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so it, it's definitely one of those ones that you kind of want to ease, ease them into. Um, uh, considering Lord of the Rings, did you ever watch the extended editions? Oh, good God. Uh, <laughs> <extended>. <laughs> uh <laughs> no i really haven't i mean i'll pick them up i don't own any of them yeah so it would be i'd have to catch them i'd have to download them or you know buy them and right now i'm not in the, the buying movie like disc type setup right now yeah i just watch them when it comes to and now shockingly as much as i enjoy them i watch them like tnt and tbs where they kind of suck right or it's going to take you all afternoon to watch one movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the 2000s, those movies were it, man. I like This is even like pre-Harry Potter, before Harry Potter got really kind of big and into the swing of things. The uh, Lord of the Rings movies were kind of just like, they dominated pop culture. And um, yeah, I, even like the DVD releases were, were big and epic uh, because they released all sorts of like behind the scenes documentaries and, and supplemental footage and uh, things along those lines. So uh, they were a big deal. And, um, you know, Amazon now are, are, they're making their own version um, coming to series, coming to Amazon Prime. So can't stay wait. tuned. We'll, we'll see how those those look. Uh, but you did mention another big one. And this is one here. I may actually start. uh Introducing basically both the Zach and Skyler, but the Harry Potter series. Uh, that's that's there, there is a huge, huge following behind that. I would say that that following probably only comes behind Star Trek and Star Wars, really, in movie fandom, I would think. Uh, so, I mean, the, the, the earlier the movies, the more I think youth friendly they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then as he gets older, the darker they get. And that's when I start because I really didn't enjoy them when they were younger because I, I don't have no connection to the books. Oh, yeah. So I've never read the book. So I'm like, mm, yeah, it's kind of here, neither here nor there for me. But once it got darker, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of digging this a little bit. Right. So that's probably where I'm going to start sliding him in and having him maybe watch a Harry Potter or something like that and see what he thinks. And I can see him running around or Skylar running around with a little wand going, Patromus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, no doubt here. I mean, the Harry Potter franchise is huge. It's epic. I mean, they opened up their own portion in Universal Studios, right? They have their own um, Diagon Alley and a whole a whole set down there that you can walk through, and they serve you the butter beer, and it's all down there, right? So Harry Potter is huge, and and you're right. I mean, they started out. I think the first one came out in 2000, maybe, and it was a straight up uh, kids' film, pretty much. 
uh, directed by Chris Columbus and um, Daniel Radcliffe was maybe eight or nine years old. And, um, you know, it's kind of a... I don't know, wasn't that the guy that, you know, found the U.S., Chris Columbus? Yeah, he's also a director. <laughs> directed Home Alone <laughs> and Harry Potter. Okay, that was a bad dad joke. Sorry, let's keep going. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they're straight up kids films and you're right. They kind of, as they go along here, they get darker and darker. And honestly, they have this weird way of where, you know, the earlier films, you kind of maybe write them off initially, but when you watch the entire series and you see the darker ones and you see the ending, it almost makes you want to revisit those earlier, uh, movies and you kind of watch them with a whole new appreciation for, for the world that these kids live in. And kind of the foreshadowing that they all go through, um, unraveling this mystery of, you know, who, you know, the bad guy is, Voldemort, and where he came from, and what his mission is, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's a great series. It may, may be something that you want to ease them into gradually, like, um, say, you know, in the next year or so, Zach just turned seven, right? Yeah. Um, I think seven, eight would be definitely appropriate for those first one or two movies, and then maybe show a movie once a year and kind of let him grow up with the series. Oh, that's not a bad idea, too. Uh, have you continued the series, though, beyond the Harry Potter uh, portions? I've kind of heard a hit or miss. Some people love them. Some people didn't like them so much. Some people thought they were mainly, mainly just a money grab. So I, I haven't seen them. The Fantastic Beast series. Yeah. So I've heard mixed reviews on them. I own them both, uh, funny enough. I, it's just one of those things where uh, <laughs> my mom would, my mom's a huge fan of the Harry Potter series. So she went out and she bought the Blu-rays and just kind of handed me the digital codes to use. Uh, so I have them. I own them. I just haven't watched them yet. But uh, uh, I guess they didn't do enough to kind of draw my interest. Honestly, that's kind of telling. If you have it, like, for instance, I got uh, <laughs> my mom gave me the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, so, and I have it, but I have never watched it. So who knows? <laughs> so we have a franchise that kind of mirrors our parents' Animal House, and I know you've seen it. We've said, I've seen I've seen that theory. I enjoy watching them, uh, sadly to say, but the Amer- American Pie series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when's the last time you actually seen any of those? Uh, years, years and years. And honestly, I don't even know if I saw what was it the fourth one, American Reunion? Reunion, that was actually probably the best one they've done. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed Reunion probably more so than any of the other ones just because they're older. And I, I don't know. I laugh at it, even though a lot of it's <laughs> inappropriate. And, you know, for nowadays, it'll never be made ever again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that's true about you look back past 30 years. There's probably a lot of movies that'll never be made again. They were they're extremely popular. Yeah, I don't know. Warm apple pies and band camps <laughs> and special haircuts before a wedding. And <laughs> They kind of remind me of Scream, almost like the comedy versions of Scream. Just like they just are like personified like the 90s and early 2000s for me. Like. You know, going it's it's summertime. Like the latest Scream and the latest American Pie movie are coming out in theaters. And uh, you're right. I mean, they they were funny. They were hysterical. Uh, Eugene Levy and and Jason Biggs, John William Scott, uh, Stifler, and you know. So I do remember, even though it's been years and years since I've seen those movies. I, I like I do remember uh, they're pretty memorable. Stifler's Palace of Love, Straight Love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's sad that I can still quote that movie. Uh, I know. I mean, it's hilarious. But uh, I did kind of mention uh, uh, Scream. So Scream was one that, that released a, a bunch of sequels. Um, it's one where I, th- I still think the first Scream is probably the best. Uh, but you and I have fond memories of trying to go see Scream 2 and getting ushered into Flubber instead. I think we've told that story on the show before. <laughs> oh, Flubber. Poor Flubber. <laughs> poor us. Yeah, poor us. <laughs> 
Back in 97, way back in the day. Good times. Boy, we're going way back. <laughs> back in before the 2000s. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's one for you. Now, this one's kind of, believe it or not, it, it shocks me that it's kind of faded away. I mean, I don't even see it talked about anymore. Every now and then I'll see it on like uh, TNT or TBS. Yeah. But the the Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. Because that, that was huge. The book was huge. I mean, everything about it, it, it made it made Jennifer Lawrence huge. Oh, yeah. But it's something that I almost feel like it's been completely, I, I don't know if it's it's due to the the actual idea of behind it. Because if you think about it, it's, I mean, it's not a very pleasant movie. I mean, we're talking about putting kids on an island and forcing them to kill each other. Right. Yeah, that that's a series that they were, like, the first one was a big deal that came out. I remember us being fairly hyped and going to see it, um, the sequel, when that came out. And then it seems like every time they released another movie in the series, I think maybe they had a, a third one that was split up into two movies, yeah. kind of part one and part two. Uh, it was just, like, diminishing returns each and every time. You just heard about them less and less. By the time the uh, the fourth one even came out, I, I didn't really have any interest. I don't think I've even seen uh, anything beyond the, the second one. So uh, it's unfortunate when a movie series kind of uh, dies on the vine before it's even through its uh, its ending. Yeah, Janessa loved the books. So I was oh, like, yeah. it was one of those ones we were going to see. Yeah. And I loved the first one. The first one I thought was great. The second one I enjoyed. Uh, the third one, I'm a kind the way I didn't like the way it ended because yeah. it was a part one, part two. I was like, you know, you really didn't give me anything for these two, two and a half hours we came and seen the movie. Right. And then it ended for me, it ended predictably. Oh, yeah. Like I seen the climax of the movie happen before it even happened. So I'm like it, that it, it, the payoff wasn't there for me. It's like, you know, I just four times in the theater here and I think I own one or two of them now. It's probably something I wouldn't mind sitting down and watching again because it was enjoyable. Right. But it wasn't, it's like, it's one of those blockbusters that had just kind of faded completely away. It's, it's, no one even talks about it anymore. Yeah, not really. And, uh, but it did leave its mark and it gave us the, uh, the great Jennifer Lawrence, Louisville's own Jennifer Lawrence. We've got a big uh, picture of her on a side of a huge building <laughs> downtown. We're proud of our Jennifer Lawrence here in Kentucky, but, uh, uh, yeah, kind of a bigger franchise that kind of kind of dwindled and went away. Um, Is there anything it, you could think of like uh, like franchise wise that was big upon release and then just kind of out of sight, out of mind? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's another one that's maybe even a better example, and I'm going to go all the way back to the '70s. Uh, but da 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 da. We can't get in the water. Yeah, I mean, Jaws, does a movie even get any bigger than Jaws? I mean, Jaws was like Star Wars before Star Wars was Star Wars. Like, Jaws changed the cinematic landscape. It was like the first summer blockbuster. Uh, came out in 1976. It introduced pretty much introduced the world to both Steven Spielberg and John Williams um, as a scoremeister. And uh, still to this day, people are quoting Jaws, just like a huge, incredible film. Um, if you're a, a, a fan of movies, it's one that's uh, kind of a must own, even if you never watch it. I, like I have it and I revisit it from time to time. Uh, but yeah, those sequels, oh boy, they are a mess. <laughs> they get real <laughs> bad. <laughs> I think I've seen Deep Blue Sea you know, more recently than I've seen Jaws, and that's, that's a terrible one. <laughs> the genetically, I don't know if you remember that one, the genetically modified sharks that Samuel L. Jackson was in and jumped up, bit them in half. and Yeah, specifically because of that Sam Jackson scene where he's like right in the middle of a speech <laughs> that he's giving a, like a pep talk to the other people and a, a shark comes out of nowhere and just bites him in half. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, that's uh, so that's a series from the seventies. Another one that uh, that I know is a favorite of uh, of ours is the Rocky series. Yes, uh, first one came out in nineteen seventy six, um, and this is one. I mean, people are aware of the Rocky series. People have their favorites. I mean, it started out as kind of high drama. It even won the Oscar that year for best picture. So I mean, just a flat out just great drama, great film. With great acting, great direction. And, uh, you know, through the 80s, it kind of devolved into this machismo kind of, you know, by the time Rocky Three, Rocky Four came around, we were dealing with Dolph Lundgren and Mr. <laughs> T. So, uh, but I, I love all of it. Shoot, I even love the bad one, Rocky Five. Yeah. Now, see, I like to revisit when they came back and it was Creed and you yes. see them again at a later age. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a fun revisiting of the character himself. Uh, yeah. I mean... They've got some stinkers in there, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, for for a, a movie series that has, I think, a total of eight actual movies in it, you're bound to have a couple clunkers. But at a certain point, you're going to have your following that they, they're just not going to care. It's uh, it's incredible what this series was able to do to where they had uh, kind of less and less uh, respect for the series as it went on. Uh, Rocky Five was not a crowd pleaser. And it went away for many, many years. And then uh, back in 2006, Sylvester Stallone, who his own star had diminished by this point. He had only really done Copland that he got any sort of respect for. And he did all, kind of all these terrible movies like Judge Dredd. And <laughs> uh, he did some bad stuff. Uh, but yeah, back in 2006, he, he got the idea. He was like he wanted to revisit the character and bring about. So he made Rocky Balboa. Or at that point, well, didn't he finance that himself? Yeah, I believe he did. Um, it was like an independent film. He directed it himself. Uh, at this point, you know, Adrian had, had passed, and he really had some some drama. He it kind of infused some drama back into the series, and that uh, kind of reinvigorated the franchise. And and then years later, Ryan Coogler was such a fan of the series as a whole that he approached Stallone to do this uh, the spinoff series of Creed, which I've just I've loved both installments of that. And I heard this week they are working towards a Creed three. So. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I'll, let me say, I mean, we've gone over quite a few here. One last one I'm going to bring up here is uh, Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, these are movies I will stop at at any point. I don't care if it's Lost World uh, or if it's you know the most recent ones. I love them all, and I think that may have been the series I was watching with Zach, and it was the most recent one. When the dinosaurs actually were here on on land again, and they were being auctioned off, yes, and they got out, and uh, one of them came up on the side of the house and looked in the window. Oh yeah, that was scary, dude. And I'm, and I'm like, oh okay, I got to, I got, I got to change this. So Zach, Zach's never gonna sleep again, right? He's gonna think a velociraptor in his bed with him from now on. Yeah, exactly. Well, I made the mistake of, uh, well, I watched part of it, and then he said, "Daddy, no, I, I can't watch anymore. This is scaring me." Yeah. Uh, the Jurassic World Battle of Big Rock. Oh, what's that? It's on YouTube. So they made a short movie. It's maybe about 10 minutes long. It's full-fledged, full production, the whole deal. Yeah. It's about people camping. They're out like, camping. I'm not sure exactly whereabouts they are. But it's it happens after the most recent Jurassic World movie. So now the dinosaurs are roaming the, the, the continent. Wow. So they're out. They actually, they, there's news about, you know, the first dinosaur that's born actually in wild. Oh, God. And everything. And they'll... And then you see this little like triceratops walk up <laughs> because all of a sudden you look at and everyone is is hiding. Everyone's in the trail. Everyone's just kind of like, I didn't think they came up this high. Yeah. Well, yeah, the little triceratops and then just like big, like almost like T-Rex type dinosaur. One of the, the big like meat eater dudes comes in like he's getting ready to eat this little triceratops and mommy comes in. 
and then they start fighting. Oh, and wow. they're destroying campers. So those two other Triceratops actually were able to defeat like that T Rex type kind of you know creature. But then this little baby cries mm. that's in one of the trailers, and it catches his attention. Next thing, they're all that dinosaur is actually attacking that trailer now. Oh wow! So it it, it gets really really intense. And if you haven't seen it, I say absolutely go see because I think it's setting up uh, the third installment of Jurassic World. Yeah, so this new installment to come out, not only is it going to have Chris Pratt and some of the, uh, you know, the new cast um, that we've gotten used to in the Jurassic World series, but I hear they're even bringing back um, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, um, the original uh, trio from those first movies uh, for this latest installment, so I can't wait. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that as well. I mean, anything Jeff Goldblum's in, it's, it's going to be gold. So Jurassic Park was the first movie that you and I saw together in theaters. Uh, but I mean, that was the one, one of the last ones I can think of. Is there anything that, you know, movie franchise or anything that you say attach yourself to that if you're watching you know, TV and then you just run across an actual series that you'll actually stop and just watch no matter where you are in the movie? Um, yes. And this is one that uh, has not been mentioned before. I don't know if this is one that uh, was on your radar, but as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh, man, how did I forget about that one? And it may be my favorite franchise outside of star wars um and that is the back to the future series i just oh i just i just love those movies each and every one of them um i just watch them as a trilogy i just loved them as a kid i love them today they take me right back i mean the the huey lewis song right and then you've got doc brown you've got marty mcfly that whole story it's just it feels so complete to me um, you could just watch the first one and have a satisfying experience because the first movie is damn near a perfect movie. Just the script is like so tight. Um, and then for for them to expand on it with, with the fun of the second one, visiting the actual future uh, where he actually, uh, where Marty has to interact with uh, his own scenes from the first film. I thought that was just mind blowing. And then, you know, I'm a fan of Westerns. So for them to go back to the old West in the third film, all three of those movies just right up my alley. And uh, it's just a story of, like friendship and and time travel, which, you know, I don't know if any movie does it better than the Back to the Future films. I'm sure they're out there. That's arguable. But uh, nobody does it with uh, as much fun as the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, so that would be mine. Yeah, no, you're right. I was completely off my radar. I mean, I've got a lot written down here. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, I was going through and doing one. I'll say, oh, there's another one. And nope, I'm pretty sure it would have <laughs> dawned on me you know, eventually. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we covered a lot of movies here. A lot of things uh, we, we enjoy. What about uh, you? A lot of. Is that, was Jurassic, what was that? Was Jurassic Park your series? Yeah, Jurassic Park was mine. Uh, it doesn't matter which one it is. Uh, the terrible ones to where they, you know, the pterodactyls get loose. Yes. I'm not, I, I've lost track of what numbers or what they're actually called anymore. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> To the one, I think Lost World was the second one when they brought the T Rex and we're going to do the actual land in like Los Angeles. Yes. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of very terrible. Uh, so I'll put it this way: some of the Jurassic Park movies are so bad they're incredible. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> You're gonna have to elaborate on that. What do you mean? Uh, well, some of the plot points. I mean, bringing oh, yeah. like say for instance Jurassic World, Lost World when they bring the T Rex over. There's actually no, like, why would you bring something like that <laughs> to one of the most populated areas in the States? Right. Come on. I mean, some of the, the plot points are so far-fetched. I mean, beyond bringing back dinosaurs from, you know, you know mosquitoes that bit them and, you know, having to mate with frogs, essentially. Yeah. 
No, I get you there. I think the third one for me was kind of like, uh, kind of like that too, where it's like, uh, you know, they hire Sam Neill's Alan Grant character to that take this family because they're they lost their they lost their son on this island, and somehow their son, you know, their like ten year old, twelve year old son was able to survive on this dinosaur island all by himself for weeks and weeks. Um, a little bit unbelievable, but uh, all in all, I mean, an, an enjoyable film. I remember specifically the scene of them crossing this long rope bridge and being surrounded by pterodactyls. It was really kind of the mm-hmm. first time we saw pterodactyls in one of those movies, and it was like frightening and just a jaw-dropping scene. So I think you're right. I mean, even as as silly as some of them get, um, each each individual film has have scenes and effects that just kind of blow you away. Yeah, and it's one of those ones too. If you're if you were young enough when the first one came out, you can easily get attached to the, this series here. Yeah. And, and and I think that's where I am with it. No matter when one comes out, I'm going to see it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm more likely going to buy it because this is a series that I actually have on disc. And I'm looking forward to actually introducing Zach to more and more of these here. But it's definitely one you got to play by ear. Oh, yeah. Because there's, you know, Velociraptors and all that. It's, it's no joke, really. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that's some of the uh, favorite movie franchises of Chris and I. Um, what do you guys think? Do you agree with some of our uh, top picks there? Um, what are some of your favorites as far as uh, film series? Uh, I know there's some big ones out there we didn't even mention, like The Matrix and uh, the Indiana Jones series. So uh, let us know. What do you guys love out there? Well, moving on, before we wrap up the show, uh, I know that's become our, our weekly installment uh, you got any dad jokes for us there, Chris? I do. Okay, so here we go. Forewarned, this is going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call gnomes who work security for someone's yard? What do you call gnomes that work security for someone's yard? I don't know. Garden gnomes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got about a what walk. <laughs> no. Only you know what I I laughed hard. I, there was a more genuine laugh um, earlier before we started recording. So maybe next time I won't have you tell me what your joke is, so you get an honest <laughs> reaction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So what you got one for me? Well, I had a joke in mind, but it actually involved the yakuza, and I don't think kids know what the yakuza are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so you know, I picked another one here. So we called an audible, but but here we go. Um. Did you know that French fries weren't actually cooked in France? I had no idea. Yeah, they were cooked in Greece. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not <gonna> sad. <laughs> I like it. You know what? That was good. There you no, go. That was, that was good. Okay. Well, there are our dad jokes. And I mean, I think you guys have been noticing. I've been putting them out on our Facebook page pretty regularly. Uh, I just updated it here today. With, um, did you hear that I was addicted to the hokey pokey? Uh, but I turned myself around. <laughs> so, uh, I, I like that one. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, we're working, working on getting some shirts ready. I mean, we were kind of just messing around, getting the logos, seeing what it's going to cost. Uh, so hopefully, maybe we have some swag for me and Sean here to wear. Um, maybe get a couple out there for some of our OGs. But uh, that's something we are working on. Yeah, speaking of which, um, I don't know if you guys caught our Facebook videos that we put out there after the last episode, but uh, ROG listener Jimmy had sent us some uh, boxes uh, to open up, and we did so via Facebook Live 
And he sent us some awesome um, uh, retro games, Nintendo and Super Nintendo. He sent you an awesome um, card, Clone Wars card, signed by the voice actor of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, he sent me um, an original 1988 Michelangelo action figure. Um, that was awesome for him to do that. He, he, was, he knows exactly what we would have loved in those boxes. So I just want to uh, thank him before we uh, cut out for the evening. Yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, thanks, man. We, we really appreciate that. Uh, let me see. What's the last thing here? Uh, I'm getting ready to actually go ahead and hide our geo, our Dandogrock geocache. I got the location, got everything set up, got the permissions from the you know the local city parks. Awesome for us to do so. I was gonna put it out there today, but it was kind of nasty and it's been raining a few days, so I wanted to dry out before I put it out. Yeah. Uh, so that's gonna have some you know our stuff in it. You know after we get approved, and uh, that's gonna actually help us go ahead and spread the word. I mean we're out there. I mean I'm active now on Twitter. I'm I'm out there tweeting uh, daily. Yeah, anytime a new episode comes out, or you know, say check out old episodes. You know. Got other people following us now, which is pretty cool. Other podcasts, other people. So we're, we're growing a, a, you know, our, our brand that way. And everyone knows our Facebook. I mean, we're going to keep that up and rolling. Absolutely. Facebook.com slash Dadnarok. You've got Chris at Dadnarok.com, Sean at Dadnarok.com. And uh, now, like Chris mentioned on Twitter, at Dadnarok, we are uh, legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> okay. So this is a good place for the Dadnarok podcast to go ahead and sign out. Uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Sean. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Morty! Morty!